Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? My ears have heard the segments of the lowest hanging fruit. We can't nail down our intro for our segments or the tooch. Our patrons all agree that our banter's such a hoot. The podcast records on. Drew likes to set recording dates. Nathan fucks it up. Jack recommends, er, Jack recommends great literature. Nathan has to look it up. He's drinking down the shower water cup by cup by cup. The podcast records on. The realest of the feelers is exactly what we need. Too bad the shoehorn picks is all that ever graces our feed. What pick is next? Oh my god, it's Nathan's Tragedy. The podcast records on. Glory, glory, start the podcast. Okay, alright, anyways. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yes. Ooh, uh, we are the Real Feels Podcast, and uh, we are delighted to sentence you to watching movies Fortnightly. Wait, are you going to do it again? Oh, God. No, no. That, um, <laughs> I'll record it some other time and oh, send it. Oh, because I was going to come in at the end and go, glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. <laughs> glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. Oh, well, oh. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, I'm the white silky boxers that grace Edward Norton's nether region, Nathan. Smells like sex. <laughs> What's your guys' name? Uh, I'm, I, um, I will be the I'll be the large and uncouth gentleman in the living room, spitting jelly beans from to and fro, yelling, "I'm starving, Derek! I'm, Come I'm on, just, I'm starving." So in this case, I am uh, Doctor Bob Sweetie, but actually, I'm Captain Benjamin Cisco <laughs> in a flashback DS9 episode. Ooh, it's all a holodeck. <laughs> and this pick that we are going to be throwing at you guys is the other face of comedy. It is tragedy. And for my pick, I decided to, you know, just go with something really crazy and thought-provoking and probably very insensitive and go with 1998's American History X. I usually say roll that beautiful bean footage, but just just roll the footage. Ugh. <laughs> Let's just, let's just do it. Look, I told you, I don't want you all coming up here to see me. I don't care what you told me, okay? I'm trying to get through this and you're just making it harder. You think you're the only one doing time, Derek? You think I'm not in here with you? He was his mother's hope. He's gone. You don't know the world your children are living in. His father's legacy. It's everywhere I look now. What? This affirmative black shit. The white man marches on! See this? That means not welcome. And his brother's hero. I trust you, Derek. Drop your weapon! God, no! All there is All that anger. All that hate. Has anything you've done made your life better? The hurt and pain. 
Derek Vineyard was released from Chino early this morning. Hey, man, how you doing? Too big to give me a hug? Oh, it's good to see you. Check this out, man. Where'd you get that? What? Well, I came to talk about Danny. He's headed right where you are. What's wrong with you? Let the kid alone. He thinks the joint messed with your mind. It did. I'm asking you to do whatever's in your power. You know what you're gonna do? You can get me shot by a bunch of white boys. I am out, and Danny is out too. And if you come near my family again, I will feed you your heart. What happened to you, Dad? I don't think you realize what's been going on here. We are ten times what we were. They're after you, man. They're gonna come for me. They're gonna come for me. There ain't nothing I can do. Hey, Danny! Get it! Get and you're my best friend. And I'm not telling you what to do, but I need you to understand. So, how mm. did you guys like the film? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I I. Th- I think I've, before having to watch it for the podcast, I think I had seen this movie a grand total of twice. Once when it came out, 1998, or at least it had made it to like HBO in like 1999. And then once, I think at some point during college in the early to mid aughts, because like other movies we've watched before, this is very good well-crafted movie the source material is just not something that one would call entertaining very well said right yeah i i would agree i've i've also seen it about i want to agree twice as well definitely when uh the time that around came that it came out and then i think maybe when i was in college as well but gosh yeah it's it is a very well-crafted movie it, it, it the acting is done exceptionally well, but it's just it, it, it is the source material. It is the heaviness that literally is the film. I mean, you don't you don't need to see it again. Right. It's kind of like if you go and you watch Passion of the Christ, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Spoiler alert. I'm good. Guys, I don't need like, to. I know the Christ. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. Uh, how long ago did we do uh, sleepers? What was that? Four weeks now? Four, four to six weeks. A little bit longer than that, I Because uh, yeah. I feel uh, like in my, my, my mental workplace that has, like, there have been no anal rape uh, movies, uh, no, movie uh, scenes in, like, 60 days. Like, this got wiped clean, <laughs> no. and it's like, there have been zero days since a movie we've reviewed with an anal rape scene. So June 2nd was, uh, was when Sleepers came out, when uh, our, our patron Mario chose... For sleepers. So fifty six days we we had now zero days since we reviewed a movie with uh, a anal rape scene. <laughs> zero, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or just prison rape, but uh, yeah. And this is not a um a, a clean like oh yeah it, you know the the camera slowly side you just hear things like no it's it's pretty uh. That was real up, up sweet. In Edward Norton's face. Overall, though, I mean, this movie is. I would say it. It doesn't need to be made a lot. There's not a lot of American History X, the sequel that needs to be made. Really, probably, 
Well, if if I may, uh, when this came out in 1998, and I remember watching documentaries on HBO or like, you know, it crop up on 2020 or, or something where they'd be like, you know, uh, Aryan nation behind the scenes. And like, you got kind of like, oh, oh, is this, is this a threat? And then you realize that it was mostly like these fringe groups out in like the fucking backwoods somewhere. But this movie is even more relevant today because it's no longer in the shadows like i was at albertson's in may and there was a dude at a tank top with a swastika tattoo now maybe four to six years ago he would not have gone out in public to a place like albertson's with a obviously a, a shirt that he do was going to broadcast that to everybody with a pair of eyeballs uh but now it's See sort that? of like fuck you, you this is it that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's begging somebody to say something. Edward Norton did an interview with People uh, magazine, and it was just a year ago. And he even said that if American History X had been made today, like, you would have to change a lot of things that are definitely part of the film. He said, like, I wouldn't be walking around with, like, you know, some steel-toed boots and, you know, my wife Peter's shirt. I'd be walking mm-hmm. around in khakis and a button-up shirt carrying a tiki torch. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would have to change the face of this is no longer fringe. This is very adamantly up in your face. Uh, Plus, you don't need, you know, pamphlets and you don't really need to, like, recruit locally in your high school because now we have, you know, social media places that allow these people to find each other and YouTube and a whole host of other different types of social media that make it easier for sort of to hate to to find themselves. It, and it doesn't mm-hmm. help that media in general likes to be the sieve and really the the community to see who kind of falls into these categories of, well, I hate this kind of person and I hate this kind of person and pick a side is vi- on so many issues. Now it is either uh, you're on this side or you're on this side. And if you're even slightly in the middle, you have to fall into one of those categories. Yeah, and, and it's like connect the dots. Uh, you know, if you want, if you are conservative, then on the liberal side, connect the dots that leads right to fascism from the conservative viewpoint, liberals connect the dots, neoliberal yeah. socialist, you know, Antifa, like you can't just be one thing anymore. You, you, there's no delineation. It's it's one or the other. Coronavirus. Uh, you are either like no joke. Like it's either you're a you're either the a vaxxer, flu. where you just like believe without a shadow of doubt of the vaccination and like or the anti-vaxer of someone who doesn't have it or hasn't got it yet. If you're even questioning or even like, well, I don't. You know, I have the antibodies. I, I just got COVID. No, fall into one of those categories or. And it's it's this hate, vitriol, hate for each other. There, there's so little discussion anymore. It's all just closed minded. This is right or this is wrong. There is no question about it. And it went right back to race where just from that early age, and I love that Norton, you know, uh, Derek gets taught this and you get to go back and really see that just William Russ's uh, 
character Dennis, you know, the dad, just kind of sprinkles it in conversation. And that's where it starts. That's the how how deep the rabbit hole goes on hate. Yeah, just just a little bit of just casual dinnertime racism. And, and I, I got to tell you, in 1998, I think this was one of the more shocking moments for me personally, watching this film and going, why is Mr. Matthews from Boy Meets World saying the N word? <laughs> Where's Mr. Feeney? He needs to set him straight. But, like, but I, I don't know why I couldn't. Just you, like, I mean, obviously, I know that actors like have different. Are jobs, you talking about like, Stacy Keach? Because I never watched Boy Meets World. No, no, the dad at the dinner table in American History X is the dad oh, from okay. from Boy Meets okay. World. Yep. So for him to sit here and just say that it's like you know N word propaganda, it's N word literature. I'm just like, hut, hut, yeah, I mean. It, I can't believe that you never watched a panga and yeah, I mean, there, there, <laughs> really? are, like, there are certain ages that you show, get to show. where like, like that's kid stuff. Like I'm not a boy. I'm a teenager. Uh, and so like, oh, I'm not going to okay, watch okay. it. I'm going to go upstairs and watch MTV. Got to kind of remember yeah, Nathan. F- Jack's like three and a half, to four, four years old. It, it, it makes a difference true. then, uh, you know, it doesn't really make a difference now, you know. But this movie is riddled with, I think, some amazing, amazing actors. Even just aside from Edward Norton and Edward Furlong, which do some pretty heavy lifting more, I'd say, on Norton's side. Uh, Furlong kind of does his Detroit Rock City. He didn't really have much it, after American History X and Detroit Rock City. He had some substance abuse which, issues and some some mm-hmm. uh, uh domestic violence stuff uh you know he's still around he he has a crazy story the more you look into his dude if you want crazy story jennifer lean who played davina she also played kess on uh star trek voyager yep. like that's if you, that's why like i you, listen to her, you, her, her Paul, voice. if you search her name right now there there is a mugshot that will come up and you're like that's that's the same person like she went like a completely different direction, just went sort of batshit crazy. Okay, yeah, and she was an SLC punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. But Jack, but Jack's right. Like, I mean, it, it was it was cast that brought me rewatching it again, and I'm I'm just like, why do I know that voice? And then for while well, we're on Star that Trek, that you can't like Avery Brooks is amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, as only he can be. Uh, I think he really delivers the sort of performance of you know especially when uh Elliot Gould wants him wants Edward Furlong wants Danny suspended for writing the paper on on mind confidence he's like no like I'm not willing to give up on this kid and you know that's where American History X comes from and I think he plays that part perfectly yeah I agree he sets the tone very well of I will be your history teacher and we'll meet once a day and just that that backbone through generations, you know, or, th- you know, through both with Derek and then now with Danny, good old Beverly D'Angelo. She uh, was just, out of her uh, comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, that's. I always remember the line where she screams at him, just like, I'm ashamed that you came out of my body. What did I do? You disgust me. You know what that? You I disgust do? me. Bring him what to our table. I'm crimping your hair and your dress. What 
Don't touch me. How did you bring him to my father's table? How could you go from dad to that? Aren't you ashamed? I'm ashamed that you came out of my body. Any mom that says that is gotta just kill you know just well well, because everything that came before that is her like screaming at him in the living room just going like what did i do what did i do what did i do to make you this way like where did i go wrong oh and it's just it's it's heartbreak honestly and to think that 10 years ago she was doing high spirits you know what (laughs) don't you don't you muddy high spirits (laughs) with this god damn it Just give me a wee bit of scalping. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, no. Beverly D'Angelo, oh. Jack. And then also going out of their comfort zone was Ethan Supli, uh, oh, who gosh. played uh, Seth. Commits. Who I, first time I remember seeing him was in Mallrats and, and a whole host of other Kevin Smith movies. But he plays the, the fat, raging Aryan racist. Uh, mm. and, but he also gets like the only belly laugh out of me the entire film. And that's when like he's just so like, Derek, can we please go? I'm starving. And then he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, we'll go in a second. And he goes into the living room and he grabs the candy dish with the jelly beans. And most of the jelly beans are white. There's one black jelly bean and he takes it and like flicks it across the room like can't have this <laughs> and then downs them just like yeah, he said he's got jelly beans like on his chest and on his lapel like if i came out and nathan was just like covered in jelly beans i'd be like what the fuck dude those are gonna go all over the floor come on yeah. <laughs> they already were like he like he clearly saw him spitting jelly beans out i mean i think for him it was just like I need him out of my house. I need him out of my house. Now, I think a lot of people, if they don't remember him from things like Mallrats and American History X, like, uh, oh, he was in um, he Evolution. He was in Butterfly Effect. With David Duchovny. Uh, he was also in The Wolf of Wall Street. Was he? I still haven't seen yeah. that. Ooh. Ooh, Drew, we will need to talk about why you have not watched wait, at wait, least wait, wait, half of that. Wait, uh, you, Boy Meets World gets the frown from you guys, yet, yet Drew's I'm, over here like, eh, I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. you, Jack. I'm saying, like, we need to talk about this. This is ridiculous. That, that has been- Well, I think Boy Meets World's a little more dated. Put it on your watch list. <laughs> Put it on the watch list. Put it on the list. The list give it, it almost- and it take- I can't do that, Dave. No. Stop. It almost Please. made my uh, watch list for this movie scavenger hunt that I'm doing. <laughs> and there was literally a topic of of like, no, there was a topic of like, what the hell? You haven't watched that? Essentially, that's the topic. And that and that's where I watched the usual suspects, because I thought that was going to be more my speed. Give me the fucking keys. So a what the fuck? Uh, Elliot Gould uh, plays the um, the only little Jewish dab uh, as Murray and strangely it's i think one of the best scenes where everything seems to be pretty like even kill everyone's very calm and and just having like lunch around the table and then the hate really like sparks and Hmm. when he pulls down his shirt and you know it says you know or he takes off his shirt and not well that is such a Powerful, powerful line. line and how elliot's like telling uh d'angelo or you know doris he's he's lost he's gone like i don't know if you're ever getting that kid back like he is so deep in hate that man just 
intense. He tries to reach out to him yeah. in that scene. Like he's like between the, the screaming and the yelling and then like, you know, shoving the piece of like tri-tip into his sister's face and then like, you know, knocking his mom back. I mean, like he's yelling at him from across the table like, Derek, like, what are you trying to prove? And instead of coming back with like a rational, I don't know, point, it, it's just this this festered anger and that that's a great demonstration for towards the end of the movie when he explains when he's explaining to his brother like what happened in prison who is responsible for him living through prison and he says to his brother like i'm just so tired of being angry all the time uh and even uh right. with uh, uh captain benjamin cisco there when he visits him in the infirmary at prison and he's like has any any of this made your life better and that's the one scene where he he edward norton's character just breaks down in tears because for all the hate and all the good that he thinks he's doing and standing up for his people and his race all of it has amounted to nothing it's not just nothing but yeah. to have his own kind ramming up his ass Literally, the ones that he, like, trusted the most that he just kind of was like, oh, you guys are, are posers. You guys aren't even, like, walking the walk. And what do they do is they just turn on him like that. At, for, for, at the drop of a hat, they they abandon him. And he's like, wait, these aren't my people. None of this is. This is all, it's all bullshit. And it get back to your point, Nathan, like, it's because they weren't, what, like, nazi enough yeah because they were dealing you know he was the one dude had a side deal with with the uh the mexicans getting drugs and then selling them to the uh other Back white prisoners. to his own people like, and the guy's like we're getting really tired of your preaching and it's like you know even within that hate group like that wasn't enough like they you know we're straight up dealing drugs and getting them for the Mexicans. That was to Derek even worse. He says that before they raid the, uh, the supermarket, like put that shit out, like have a little respect for yourself. It's like, what a fucking weed or a joint. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's N word stuff. Just the, the, uh, the, the lengths he was going to, I don't know, be pure in his hate. And his ideal justified in his, you know, like, because when you are, you know, the spotless lamb, when you're you're walking the walk and you are to loosely put this towards like a Christian reference, like when you are like walking the path, you you often will see others that cool and, you know, oh, well, it's just a little bit of gossip. And it's like, whoa, 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 like there's there's no room for that. Like you. You either are or you aren't for him. It's black and white. You are either like full-fledged Nazi, you know, elite. I think the only way I see that that happening with me, me taking that stance is uh, like if I mentioned to somebody like that I'm a, a big fan of Star Wars and they maybe quote, uh, you know, uh, the, the what was the what was the last movie? The real bad one with Palpatine force lightning the, like the entire fleet. The, That's not the last Jedi. It was the rise uh, of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, rise of Skywalker. Rise they, they, of Skywalker. they quoted rise of Skywalker. I'd be like, <laughs> shut that shit down. Have a little respect for yourself. <laughs> uh, I mean, for Derek's role, I was looking at some like the history, seeing that one, Joaquin Phoenix was originally wanted for the role of Derek. 
but he turned it down because he didn't like the script. He found it distasteful, essentially. And then you find out that Edward Norton gave up the role of Private Ryan in Saving Private Ryan to come to American History X. I think that's a good I think that history ended up well because of that. No, I, I think it's I think it's done in yeah, I think it's a good like most of the time you think like, oh, they give up this, that could have been done, that could have gone so well for them. But this is something that worked out super well. Uh, he, the dude, the dude gained 30 pounds of like lean muscle for this, because even for him, he was like, I'm not like some big badass dude. He was saying this in an interview saying, I don't see why I was seen as like the person for this role. And I mean, despite the fact that like everything that went into the movie in the hiccups with the with the director, yeah, Tony, we'll Tony Cade, Tony K. Uh, yeah, we'll get into we'll get into Alan Smithy. <laughs> yeah. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> or hum- Humpty Dumpty, Dumpty. Don't you mean? Dumpty. Right. I, I, but I think even for him, he was surprised at how well he got into this. And, and frankly, unforeseen to him, how much of a role he was going to be in this movie's development and so initial So release. he was going to he was slated to do Saving Private Ryan was as Private Ryan as Saving so, as Private Ryan. No, Matt Damon as Private. So Matt Damon what if Matt became Damon what role his, was yeah, he had Derek Vineyard. Hmm. <laughs> he was too, way uh, too boy faced at that time. True, but Edward Norton, when you take, yeah, I mean, it would have been when you take off his how about them apples? And you grow out his hair. He in those later scenes, he looks very like timid Edward Norton. Like he does not look like he's got any muscle underneath the the shirt. Oh, because he's de- he's supposed to be depicted no, as no, no, like no. a when sixteen he's year like, old um, kid. Uh, the, the coffee shop, I think, right? You know, he's like, what? What can I do? Like, you know. Uh, it's not over until you know you've done everything you can. Um, oh, he. But again, when he grows out his hair and he's like giving hugs and stuff, you're like, oh, that's the Edward Norton we like. That could be Saving Private Ryan. I get that, but I think if you put a little bit of on Matt Damon, I've seen enough of Matt Damon to know that he could probably do it. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, I'm looking forward to his new movie, uh, The Last Duel. Woohoo! Adam Driver, mm, it's gonna be good. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Edward Norton was the right right pick for it, and and Edward Norton has an an, ex, uh, a, a reputation in uh, Hollywood as being very difficult to work for. But most of what he delivers is pretty fucking good. Not always, not always, but in this case, we you know all the drama behind the scenes, and you know the actor or the director, you know, basically throwing a fit. And the director to this day says that the movie is unfinished. For what it is, for what the subject matter entails, I think it 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 does a very coherent job of mm-hmm. getting about its business. Amazing. And I, I, think and, and I like actually, the black and white. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Because honestly, I mean, as as much and cliche as like the metaphor is like it, it is a black and white story. It is a story of right and wrong. It is a story of like good and evil, although and this comes down to like the initial point of obviously why Nathan chose it as a tragedy. <laughs> Edward Norton even like claims that the story of American History X is it's depicted as like a Greek tragedy, a Shakespearean tragedy where you have the flaw, the the flaws and faults of the character themselves, that this is what brings their story down and they have to confront it. They have to try and rise above it. 
and, and he's done that and he's doing that. But the hard hitting ending is not one that the audience is expecting because it doesn't come to Edward Norton. It doesn't come to Edward Norton. It comes to his brother because even his brother is not expecting, obviously, the kid in the bathroom to come out with a gun and shoot him. His brother had already started taking that step towards something better with Edward Norton. Edward Norton, when he runs inside and he cradles his brother's body, he's saying, what did I do? What did I do? You curb stomped the guy you beat in basketball. True, but I mean, Danny didn't. Yeah. But I mean, that's 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 what the principal asks Edward Furlong's character to do is, you know, in, analyze and interpret the events surrounding your brother's incarceration. And you can't leave the other faction out. That, you know, they chase these guys off the basketball court by beating them. They tried to sort of get back at Derek by robbing and breaking into his car. He kills one of them. Well, probably kill. He kills two of them. He kills uh, both. One of them he shoots in, which could be justified as, as home defense. The other one he wounds, but then executes. And in brutal fashion. I, you know, I can't actually, I always have to look away when the foot comes down, but the part that gets me the, the most teeth. is the sound of the teeth oh, on the every concrete. Time. Every yeah, time. It just, oh man, it just gets me the uh, heebie-jeebies. But yeah, the resolution of it, to take Saving Private Ryan for a quick little second of we stopped the bleeding, we stopped the bleeding and all of a sudden zink, the, uh, the bullet goes right through the guy's head and he's just give us a freaking chance! You know, the medic, it you do everything. Oh, say, can you see? Oh, say, oh, say can you see? <laughs> oh, God. You know, it, you do what you can, and then all of a sudden, you, you try to become this better person, but the, the fact is that... Pass is going to catch yep, up. Yep, and right. what's done is done. Even though, you know, Danny might be churning this corner, he still kind of defied that, that that other kid and antagonized him. To the point where, you know, that was enough to feel like he, that guy was disrespected. And Well, I mean, all he. OK, so he stood up essentially for the kid who was getting beat up in the bathroom, which that bothered me. Like, apparently the kid snitched on the uh, on the on the young man for cheating. And they start like ganging up on him in the bathroom, beating on him. And then Edward Furlong's character just like steps out blow smoke in the guy's face and that's it. But then later on, he kind of goes to the basketball courts and like eyeballs him. But other than that, that's the end of the interaction that they all have. And apparently that constitutes yeah, the, shooting the, the, him. No, 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 no. But that, that kid who shot him and who he encountered in the bathroom had to have been a brother or a cousin or with the gang that, that Derek, killed oh i mean there's nothing no i mean there's nothing in the movie to say that they are well the same guy on the basketball the, court and the kids there and he's like that's him isn't it well because that's his because i think that's his brother where he's all like is this the guy you were telling me about and he's like yeah yeah so i i don't know i think it's I mean, it's all interconnected uh I, I don't think they i mean it could be I, I don't think they come right out and say it but i think that that is it is the link to because you know, you can't have the resolution of this movie the way it is without it going back to, you know, the basketball game, alienating those guys, making them leave the court. They tried to get back at them and then he kills two of them. I think that that is the, you know, the karma coming back around on Derek, even though he has turned over a new leaf. 
Uh, and it's not him that is getting, uh, you know, harmed or killed. But uh, whether he's, he's paid his time or not, that the, the books were still open. Good way to put it. And uh, that's where that's where it had to come around. Whew. Now, Lamont. Guy Tori plays just one of, I think, the, the best, you know, keep it real tight person on the inside. And slowly breaks Derek down to show him, like, hey, like, we're just... I'm a person and like, like I'm a, you I'm a person. I, I totally see your hate. Just like you. you. I get it. But in here, it doesn't really matter. Like you can go with your, your crew, but like, we're just doing the, the wash and we can just be people and we can talk about the Lakers in Boston and just be people and realizing at the end when he said like, you're the reason why I got out of here alive. And he's like, no, shut up, man, shut up. But he he recognizes it though, and that's <laughs> that's so huge. Yeah, I do I do enjoy it because Derek is so standoffish at the beginning when they're working in the uh, the laundry, uh, and then as time goes on, like you know, from being stone faced, not saying a word, and just eyeballing them, they go to laughing and joking, and it's it's just a, a nice nice little journey to see. Because I think we've all had you know not that in a prison laundry but we've all had that sort of relationship with you know somebody that we were pretty standoffish with and and ended up becoming you know great friends despite you know the differences that were maybe not just skin deep there is a line in uh band of brothers with it's in during one of the interviews and one of the guys says you know what i i probably would have been really good friends with some of those people Maybe he liked to hunt. I, I like fish. to hunt. I mean, I like to fish. That was uh, that was the guy who played Shifty Powers. Shifty, or the, they were the real Shifty Powers. But like, it, it's yeah. such a hard hitting moment of realization where they're just a, it's just a person doing the same thing that I'm doing, and like they don't hate me. You know, they're, we're just people, and but we're told that we have to hate each other and. The guy that plays Cameron, Jack, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Stacy uh, Keach. Stacy Keach. Mm-hmm. A great little villain. Very aware of his, his role of manipulation. and He's he's got always, anytime I see him in things, he always has a, a very big presence. And he did his fair share right. of uh, television and, and movies, but a lot of his, uh, his bread and butter was uh, stage. TV. Well, no, he did a lot of theater. Oh, no, that too as well, yeah. But I know he did a yeah, lot of and TV. He was he was uh, like the, a famous detective. Oh, Christ. Well, you guys keep going. I'm going to look it up uh, because I forget it. But, but uh, I like... Oh, during the is. 80s, he, he oh. replies the detective role many, many times. He does such a good job of just being on, egging him on and keeping this low shifty profile. And at first I thought that, yeah, sorry, uh, Mickey Spillane's uh, fictional detective, Mike hammer, which he played numerous standalone television films uh, and television series in the eighties and the nineties. But I, I was curious at first when Derek like kicks him at first, I thought he killed him, but oh, yeah, yeah when, no, no, he just, yeah, he knocked him the party out. Yeah. He comes out and the guy, Ed like, you know, has the gun. He's like, what is going on yeah. with you? And they all want to kill him. It's it's such a, again, it's such a fast turnaround on someone that they worshipped and that they loved and adored to everyone at the drop of a hat is like, oh, we don't like him now? Let's beat him up. Yeah, uh, Farooza Balk Stacy character. Yeah. Like her, her, her loyalty just, uh, <laughs> did, was, was, was very gilded. 
Yeah. It, and it's it it's to the point of where there's like a shift of power because it wasn't the fact that like, I mean, it, everyone was behind it where it's like, kill him, shoot him, kill him, shoot him, especially Stacy, where she's like, just shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. But as soon as Derek takes the gun from Seth, everyone's just like, oh, OK, oh, oh, oh. Hold but on I now. mean, her her character goes from when uh, Derek walks to the party and she like leaps on him, <laughs> legs wrapped around him. She goes from sauce my Jaeger schnitzel to, uh, you know, race traitor, yeah, kill him within like really one conversation. Are you guys just you guys ready to go segments? For, uh, <laughs> I, I get it. This movie is not a uh, like, let's have like long. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Welcome back to the Real Feels Podcast, where uh, we talk about wonderful movies such as American History X. I have a scotch of brandy and... (laughs) (laughs) I think the only two things I want to touch on before we head into segments is I, I... I feel one of the most powerful scenes is when without saying anything to each other, they're just staring up at the wall in the Mm. bedroom with the flags and the racist pictures and propaganda where they just, without saying a word to each other, they just start taking it down. Yeah. I I do really enjoy that. And then after Danny is killed and he's, you know, giving his sort of his final monologue on his paper and and he says, you know, like Derek always said that you should quote somebody famous and he gives, uh, you know, if you can't top it, find somebody who who said it better. And he gives this amazing quote uh, that was from Lincoln's uh, first inaugural address. Derek says it's always good to end a paper with a quote. He says someone else has already said it best, so if you can't top it, steal from them and go out strong. So I picked a guy I thought you'd like. We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. Because they don't. They don't cite it in the movie. No. And unless you're like a scholar of Lincoln, I had to look it up. Uh, but it is, it is a great line, which I think a lot of Americans could take some time reflecting on, uh, especially after four years under our previous administration and COVID-19 and really everything else that's going on right now on January 6th. So, you know, it, it's worth, worth a little reflection. Yeah. Real quick, before we jump into segments, I know we never really dive into this but uh we should have a little mini seg called what it did it did it do anything great and this movie had four wins and 15 nominations just did well it was just a it, it's a, it's a tour de force tour de force. <laughs> it's a tour de force <laughs> you should have let me sleep <laughs> 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 Anyways, let's jump into segments. 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 American History X segments. Let me hear them sags. Baby. <laughs> them sags to say sags. sags. <laughs> I was like, wait, where are they going with this? Ah, got it. <laughs> uh, for segment number one, I don't want it anymore. It's bullshit, Stacy. The end result of Derek is so satisfying. Unwavering, open eyes, and resolve. The man 
uh, knows he is done with his old life and has zero room for what uh, for what those that want him to crawl back into it. I love it. He flushes the turds. What is something that you have had a night and day difference of belief on or feel like you no longer have rose-colored glasses and see it for what it really is? I don't mind going first. I know some of these topics are a little heavy-hitting, but uh, the first thing, the thing that I am, I feel like the rose-colored glasses are off for me is religion. Not necessarily faith, but the the Christian religion and the the imperialism of imperialism of what faith that I have been a part of for a long time and how damaging to some cultures it is, how good and very uh, work, you know, some things that it does very well, but there's a lot of flaws in what, uh, what it truly can be. When I was younger, I really thought that it was the end all everyone that believed differently was stupid just wasn't worth it and you know just that weird kind of black and white you're right or you're wrong you're going to hell you're going to heaven there is no gray area and god doesn't love you he only loves these people and seeing how wrong that uh that that train of thought was and just seeing again what what the religion as a whole is as opposed to just what i had been either fed or what i had kind of created myself so religion is no longer the rose colored glasses that i see it as it is i see exactly what it is and its place in the world i'm going to have to say that my my faith in the you know the american people my fellow Americans, uh, to either do the right thing or to be considerate of other Americans has really been tarnished uh, over the past. You know, I could go as far back as saying, you know, starting in 2016, but really it was through the pandemic. And I think the the case study I could give is I, the last movie that my wife and I saw before you know the COVID nineteen lockdowns hit in March of twenty twenty was uh, nineteen seventeen, and we went and we had to see it twice uh, because the first time we had gotten assigned seats at an IMAX and you know fifteen minutes into the show this guy this dad brings in himself and five other children ranging between the ages of young teen down to a three-year-old uh, to a rated r world war one drama they sat right in front of us because that was their assigned seat uh, those who had cell phones had them on and activated the entire time the young kids were just running around up and down the aisles and you know we got we were we got pissed we, we tried shushing them we we outright told them like put your fucking phone away and we ended up leaving and getting our money back the first movie that we saw post or in the midst of the slowdown of the pandemic we saw uh the hitman's bodyguard's wife last saturday and uh you know my wife she gets her hackles up a little bit and uh, i was like listen these these people have no no consideration for those around us they basically are going to treat this theater like their living room so it's not worth getting pissed off about. And I think that's demonstrative because 
you know, a lot of the individualism and I'm going to do what the fuck I want has really shown through during the course of the pandemic. You know, the same people that are foaming at the mouth about Simone Biles withdrawing from the Olympics or the the poor uh, tennis player withdrawing from that big tournament in, in Australia you know, calling them snowflakes and weak and, you know, they or people kneeling during the national anthem are the same assholes that couldn't couldn't stand a piece of cloth over their face for 20 minutes while they shop for groceries. And it's just it, it, it keeps on snowballing with, you know, the anti-vax and Nathan touched upon that too, but anti-vax to the point where it's like, it's just not true. Their reasoning, like it's going to impact your fertility. That's not true. That uh, there's fucking microchips in it. That's also, that's not true. And, and flat earthers, like I just have come to realize over the past five years that, you know, a third to 40% of my fellow Americans are just fucking idiots. And uh, that's really has has taken the veil about how I view people in public uh, with a little bit more distance and a little bit more hesitation. <clears throat> Man, I, I, Oh, and one, <laughs> one last thing, uh, you know, the old saying, avoid like the plague. We, we can't really use that as a saying oh, oh. anymore because uh, nobody actually avoids the plague. <laughs> oh, boom. I would, I would honestly, and, and it kind of goes back and forth between like springboarding off of like Jack's as well as uh, Nathan's original topic of, you know, kind of like religion where it's, it's not like I've lost necessarily like faith in obviously the topic of what like religion is, but I think more so like the people because it, it's so discouraging to see some people where what I like to call like Sunday morning Christians, where they'll get up, they'll go to church, they'll pray, they'll repent and the, you know, everything seems all happy go lucky. But everything that they're supposedly striving and like holding up is completely discarded throughout the rest of the week. And it's like Sunday's like a time to like mm, wash ourselves clean and we can feel good about ourselves again and then go about in some cases Monsters. for some people like being complete and utter just just shitty people. Garbage. people. Just like I mean, essentially garbage people where it's just it's so horrid. And I, I just think that a lot of the things that supposedly like, you know, obviously religion is supposed to teach us where like morals like supposedly come from and things like that, where like you wouldn't you you wouldn't and you shouldn't be treating people with racism. You shouldn't be treating people with indifference and you know obviously hatred and such discrimination and prejudice where kind of like how we talked about with like Zorro the gay blade. Like I was like literally raised and taught like, mm, okay, homosexuality, bad, 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 bad. And I. Silencio! <laughs> Sorry. And it's just it's not something that I've ever felt that was right to literally like despise and hate this much. And it comes down to a point where like if you try to have like a civilized conversation, a logical conversation with someone based on either like the morality or like the actions being taken by X, Y and Z. And if you try to present facts, it's like the only thing that in some cases, or at least in a lot of cases that I have experienced, people try to fall back on, well, the Bible says, I'm like, no, 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 have have a logical conversation with me and do not bring up the Bible. To interject real quick, if if Jesus had appeared in our time and they, the Bible was written, you know, moving forward, you're damn well certain that Jesus would show up at a gay pride parade yeah. or a gay pride yeah. rally. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way he wouldn't. Jesus, Jesus would be that guy who sits, the, who's like the parents who go out there and they have the shirts and the signs that say, 
Like, if your parents don't love you, I'm your mom today. Here's a free hug like that. That honestly would be Jesus, because I mean, sorry. And for anyone who's like devout and like and again, it's not something where like I'm going to completely disown and disregard like the the Christian faith that I was brought up in. But <laughs> when so much hatred and so much so much things in the Bible that you try to like present as like, well, this is what God said. I'm like, no, God didn't write the Bible. Jesus didn't write the Bible. Man wrote the Bible. And whatever they interpret it as or whatever they say that God or Jesus told them to write down like this is not <laughs> any religious text. Any religious text is, is, is the same way. It's made by man. It's not made by God. It's not made by whatever prophet. Like, it's a man's interpretation. When we come and I think back that's... to our theology podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the Dead Sea Scrolls, are they really dead? <laughs> Stay tuned. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. I feel like this this kind of turned into, like, soapbox moment. But, but that kind of comes down to the point of where I think a lot of things that we are taught as definitive truths or definitive, like, viewpoints and, st and like, soapboxes, again, to stand on that spew hate and rhetoric towards individuals that is not it's it, it's not what this religion should be if i may use that as a quick springboard because you know that that that's been used uh you know like i don't want to explain to my kids about homosexuality or about trans people and then the the big buzz right now is critical race theory like we didn't call it critical race theory when I grew up. I grew up and was taught in school that the Ku Klux Klan is bad and explored some of the causes and and themes and consequences of slavery. And yes, you know, like there should be a little bit of reflection and maybe a little bit of remorse like, wow, you know, like our our people, our you know, Americans did that. Uh, to a, a, another race but people are saying we shouldn't be teaching these things in school uh, because they don't want their kids to feel bad about it that's such a crock of shit well especially because like for people to say that critical race theory is going to be like oh they're they're teaching it to our young children and in high school no critical race theory is taught in college it's not taught in elementary schools it's not taught in high schools it's not taught in junior highs so people need to actually understand what they're talking about yes thank you next segment <laughs> This, this, this is gonna be a nice heavy. The, the topic is heavy. I episode. mean, all in all, it. So, anyways, segment number two. The password is Fart. you know that, that little that little flap of skin. <laughs> ah, damn, you went back to the carpet store. Hey, this guy's taking Roy off the grid. Uh, never mind. That's that's a different segment. So Derek realizes that he needed to provide for his siblings and his mother. So he elects to pick things back up where he left it, and uh, he gets back to work at the place that he was before he went to jail. Out of all the jobs that you've had, what is the job that you would most reluctantly go back to and probably hate every minute of? Uh, and what would your coworkers think of you now? Uh, I'll, I'll take this off the bat. Uh, the coworkers, I yeah, get I know. About. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, it was straight out of uh, college. Uh, it was the first job I had after I moved out of like the college town. And it was for a salesman for a company called Rainsoft. And they sold water softeners and water purification systems for your home. 
And, you know, basically, if you went to uh, Lowe's or Home Depot and you filled out a card or a survey or you got a phone call where they asked a bunch of bullshit questions and then said, oh, would you like a $50 gift card to Lowe's or Home Depot or what have you? All you have to do is have one of our salesmen come out and test your water. So I would get like five or six or a dozen leads of people that said yes, and I would drive to their home which is terrifying, by the way, going into other people's houses, because you never know what's you're, what's going to open the door. And I have a little kit where I would take a sample of their tap water, and I would add some reagents to it and show them all the crap that was in it, uh, and say, oh, well, we can eliminate no all expense. this by adding this water softening and purification system that, you know, we, we can give you for, you know, just like the low low down or the low monthly cost of $25 for the next 10 years or some bullshit like that. So you would drive like hundreds of miles a day. And if you did make a sale, you lost money because you weren't getting paid an hourly wage. It was commission based only. And that last, I made, I made one sale <laughs> in the three months that I worked there. And it was just like, I, now I'm going back to the service industry and ended up bartending, uh, until I, I got my, my present, uh, occupation, but, uh, Oh god, that that job was so so soul crushing, and it was it was not eight hour days; those were ten or twelve hour days, which is fine if you work in the medical field like I do now, and you get overtime for that. But when you are getting no hourly wage, and you're just like, please buy this, <laughs> please. It's a good thing you didn't have to feed a family with that, because oh yeah, woof, woof. Oh no, oh sweet Jesus, yeah no, I would have, I would. Yeah, no. Well, uh, I would probably say that the one job that I would definitely not want to go back to, but I still enjoyed it for the most part. I was an intern for the whole summer for, (laughs) ironically enough, our children's ministry at our church. And don't get me wrong, like I loved like hanging out with the kids and organizing events for them and, you know, When I got to do the lessons, like I would put on lessons that were actually like teaching good morals and stuff like that. Like I remember walking out one morning and completely telling like the head of our children's ministry department, like, um, no, there's a whole like lesson in here on like how homosexuality is bad. And another is about like identifying Muslims. And I'm like, no, we're not. I refuse to teach this. So that would probably be something that I would not go back to. As for my coworkers, the one person who was the other, because there was always a male and a female like intern, I, I don't know what she would think of me. I honestly don't care. Uh, my former boss, I mean, we're still like family friends, but I mean, I, I highly <laughs> doubt I would be the person that they would hire now. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, well, I used to work at Vaughn's. Long time ago. Uh, that was actually one of my first jobs getting... I was a senior in high school, and I worked at Vaughn's through uh, about half of my senior year, and it was a fun place to play grab-ass, but it was not a fun place necessarily to work. It was uh, my first little corporate job that I realized, oh, you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, nothing changes 
it's all the same. Nabisco comes on Tuesdays to stock this shelf, and oh, oh, we're going to move, you know. So I would do a ton of things to try and, you know, rattle the man. Uh, I would take yams, and I would put them in between each one of the cabbages so it looked like a bunch of dicks and penises. And Chuck would come in in the morning and be like, Zimmerman, what have you done? And, like, he'd be quickly grabbing all the yams. Uh, it just... I would. <laughs> I had a lot of fun dicking around, but it was definitely a job again that I, I just I hated it, and so I kind of was like, "Please fire me! Like do some, like oh, just like make me feel." Um, and a little part of that was because I realized that they, <laughs> the only care about, uh, like they were just very political uh, in terms of like who they promoted and you know that kind of it was it was just weird and it's a small valley so it wasn't uh probably the best example of how corporate really works but maybe it was uh but again vaughn's was not my favorite but i would reluctantly go back to it and if my co-workers uh, some of them just like jack like fuck off and then others, I feel like we'd, we'd jump right back into the same shenanigans of <laughs> putting chariots of fire on, running on the conveyor belt at slow motion. As, like, people put things on the conveyor belt, like uh, toilet paper, and you have to step over it. <laughs> yeah. It, again, we had fun, but we hated it. <laughs> ah, the last one. I should have called in sick today. Uh, when the skinheads mobbed the, into the store... All I could think about was these employees must hate their job. And they're just trying to do their job. Yeah, you know, just make some money, go home, pay some bills. And the last thing they want is milk and Ford, uh, milk and food or a baseball bat to the chest. So tell us about a day of work that you either regret going to or that you called in sick, but your poor co-workers had a day from hell. I will I will take this one, and it's not necessarily a co-worker. However, it was a substitute. Now, this is this is the one that you have to try and uh, try and top. Whoa. So in 2016, October 13th, 12th, around there. So I was in a horrible car accident, nearly died. Sorry, should have died. But spoiler alert. You didn't. Um, I had to, and like, I mean, even, I mean, spoiler alert, still here. Look how many <laughs> times did you, did you die? die? <laughs> how many times? <laughs> so, uh, I felt like I was fine, obviously, you know, <laughs> shock. And I was, I was like, no, I can totally, like, at the end of the day, and still kind of like picking glass out of my head, I, I thought it was fine. And I'm like, oh, I can totally go into work tomorrow. And I'm like, eh, well, okay, let's just be safe. Let's call off work. So obviously waking up the next morning and my body going, oh, nope, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. So it's the obviously that first day that I was in the accident, someone already had to be there for uh, to sub in emergency. Second day, I had already gotten word of a falling out of two of my students. And it, they were boyfriend, girlfriend. He was a senior. Romeo she was a sophomore. And they were just not having it. OK, the the first day that I got in my accident, I heard that they got into a fight like 
outside my classroom and I'm like messaging the kid. I'm like, just stop, dude. Like, with all due respect, just for me, stop. Quit, quit your nonsense. Don't do this. The next day, this sub, this poor man, it was his first day subbing at Stockdale. <laughs> okay. He is taking role. It's during the sophomore class. The senior kid walks in, starts like cursing out the girl. She curses out back at him. They're arguing back and forth across the room. And he reaches down into his pants, like not pockets, like into his pants. And he starts to like pull something out. The sub? (laughs) No, the senior kid. Okay, and so this is also to the point of where like the kids are like the the boy and the girl are screaming at each other. And he then screams like or she screamed. Oh, and by the way. I you never made me orgasm. And he then (laughs) and then he reaches down his pants, pulls out a pair of her panties, hurls them across the room at her. And shouts back like, yeah, that's why I had to wipe down my backseat and then proceeded to leave. Oh, my gosh. Just like the the sheer like. This is like a what the fuck moment. And I'm getting messages. I'm getting messages from like kids going like, Mr. Hallam, you won't believe what happened. You won't believe what happened. And, And that's I mean, and they just proceeded to. Like get into a debacle. The the sub sent him out. It was it was like a day from hell, and I was and I was not there to try and fix it. Or I sorry, I could not be there to try and fix it. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So my experience, uh, I like to uh, have it entitled from a South Park episode, uh, the mystery of the urinal deuce. Uh, but this was this was no mystery. There was no mystery, oh, my dear. Uh, so uh, nature calls for me in the morning, generally between nine and ten o'clock, and uh, so I go to the uh, the restroom, which is on the you know the second floor where my department is located, and uh, the men's restroom has one urinal and one toilet stall. So I go in and I sit down, and I'm having my constitutional and uh, the train has mostly left the station but you know there's still a few cars that uh, I, I know they're they're there you know the caboose has not uh, has not come out yet and this bathroom has you know for energy savings it has timed lights so it shuts off after 10 minutes so you know usually i i check the time that i enter and subtract a minute and then I know what I'm is good. This, the so Italian job? Like, to turn like, on their phone. 45 flash, seconds. Like, <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sitting in there and it's like, I cannot leave the toilet. Like stuff is, is still going to be happening. And the door opens and I see these, you know, pair of gym shoes come in and the door rattles. And as if somebody grasped the handle. And I hear this voice just go, how much longer are you going to be? <laughs> and I go, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like at least a few more minutes. Uh, and I thought that was the end of it. It was not. Uh, so 
I hear the telltale sounds of fingers fumbling with uh, a buckle and pants. Oh, gosh. And, and I'm like, well, maybe they're just going to pee and then wait to take a dump. But the <laughs> shoes are pointed away from the urinal. Oh, no. And I suddenly hear him go, oh, oh. And underneath the stall, I can see that and audibly hear somebody shitting their fucking brains out in the urinal uh, because there is there is a it's like a shotgun blast there's like there's like there's like buckshot on the ground and on the wall where like you know he didn't aim wasn't true aim was not true and i just go are you fucking kidding me (laughs) and they like pinched off whatever i had to do Uh, did a quick wipe, don't even stop to wash my hands. And as I exit the bathroom, there is a guy just shitting his brains out. He's sitting on the urinal. Uh, It's not the type of urinal that goes all the way to the ground. And he's got a mask on, but of course, of course, he's an asshole. And he's not even wearing the mask, right? It's underneath his nose. And he just goes, oh, I couldn't hold it any longer. And he's still just, like, shitting, like, veins standing out on his forehead, (laughs) face red, sweat on his brow. And that is forever, forever seared. Like, you know, if if I was going to have, like, a deathbed moment, (laughs) you know, like, Citizen Kane, Rosebud, Rosebud, it would just be going, I couldn't hold it any longer. I couldn't hold it any longer. And so I go back into the research department and I, I say, hey, does anybody have a uh, a patient that's wearing a green face mask uh, that he wears, uh, you know, fucking penis diaper style below his nose? And one of the other coordinators goes, yeah, that's the patient I'm screening right now. I was like, well, he's shitting currently in the urinal. And so there, there's that. Uh, and there is no way that this guy could have left the bathroom right. Like, he could have done some wiping, but he's he had to have shit, like, Gosh. on his legs, probably, like, on his his pants. Like, it looked like he hadn't hiked his shirt up, so, like, oh. he tucked, like, poopy shirt oh, no. tail back and, like... And he, he goes and he keeps talking to the other coordinators like, yeah, uh, something happened in the bathroom and you're going to have to have somebody take care of that. Something and he's happened. like, he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. And then he says again to him later on during the visit, like, so did anyone <laughs> take care of like what happened in the bathroom? Like, what does this guy think? Like, we just have like the little robots from the fifth element that are going to come out like, <laughs> like, no, like, and, and the, the janitorial company that, that we have, like, they're not gonna take care of it like the downstairs manager had to get on gloves and ppe after it had come to room temperature and like hand take the uh, shit poor Nunu. <laughs> out of the God urinal damn. Uh, so so and, and like i had like i had like uh pptsd uh i had like poster or whatever the i'm not even post traumatic stress but I, I had, uh, yeah i had i'd post poop traumatic stress syndrome <laughs> and even now if like the door opens too quickly in the restroom I'm like oh god what's, what's <laughs> going <Occupado>. on <laughs> uh, uh, occupied occupied 
But it was oh uh, it was just one of those days where it's like, man, of of all the gin joints Ugh. in the world, you had to shit in the urinal in mine. Jack, your shit story made me realize that I should have told my shit story from when I worked at Blockbuster, but I will save that for another day. Another day. <laughs> mine is unfortunately not a shit story, uh, but mine was a firefighting where a story where we were planned to cut um in what they call like a ravine um so a creek had semi-recently ran through this area so the overgrowth in that area was unreal like lots of uh chainsaws that were needed to cut into this area and remove it so that way when the fire hit it wasn't going to uh, superheat and you know run up the hill as we're cutting, we started noticing a insane amount of ladybugs, which is very cool in some regard. The rocks were just covered, hundreds and thousands of ladybugs everywhere. Ladybugs as far as the eye could see. I used to love ladybugs. I thought they were very beautiful little bugs. Ladybugs can bite. I did not know that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they could. I just don't think I've ever like experienced a time where they have. And when you have so many ladybugs that they are encompassing full on rocks and they're flying around and you're aggravating them with your chainsaws and you're stepping and killing hundreds of them. Some of them fly down your back and up into your helmet and in your pants. And it was like ants all over my body just little like fireworks going off just kaboom 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 and oh oh, oh, and hit the chain break of my saw and quickly was slapping my legs there is another bug in the world that only comes around really that we know of of with fire and we call them hell beasts or we call them fire bugs devil biters so the fire is not super far away but it's it's close enough where these fire bugs are also joining the ladybugs and so it was a symphony of these bugs that would fly and like and their initial thing to do is just to start ravaging you and the whole day i remember just like screaming half the you know the time while my chainsaw is running because bugs are biting me and I'm thinking, this is the worst day I've ever had in my life. I hate what I do. I hate everyone that's around me. I hate everything. Enough of these bugs to, like, stop. It just, they just kept biting. So I just kept cutting. At the end of the day, I found out a little bit more about what we were cutting. It was straight up poison oak. Oh, God. And I noticed that because I was very itchy. No. A lot of parts of me. Because oh, apparently, when, and it gets kind of like on your chainsaw and you're sharpening your chainsaw with your gloves and you rub. Or uh, if you itch from, you know, the stuff that bit you, that goes everywhere. So it was miserable and it was my day of hell at work. So, yeah. Oh, Nathan. No wonder you love Starship Troopers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guy. Oh, mm, Patreon. Uh, Jack, 
Is there any Patreon exclusive for this one? There is. It's called... Uh, hold on, my Alexa's going to yell at me. Always listen. Uh, I, <laughs> Always I don't, I don't connect my Alexa to Wi-Fi. I use it just for Bluetooth applications because I don't want Jeff Bezos to know what I'm doing. He's in space. He doesn't But care. he can take that information to space. Flying around yeah, in his giant true. penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm sure Nathan will love this uh, because he had, he had talked about it earlier, but... Uh, uh, we want to make a parody movie. This is for let's say, let's say ten million dollars, uh, and we'll call it American History Vax. I love it. Uh, I love it. And uh, yes. and so you've got the you've got the uh, Aryans on one side, and they are the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> uh, the the black gang members, uh, they are uh, the uh, uh, flat earthers. And then you've got uh, Anthony Fauci playing the Dr. Fauci playing the principal. Uh, and then just basically drop everything in from there. Uh, so we'll make it a PSA about just the, the, the stupidity in the United States. Okay. <laughs> I can buy that. It's like they, they, they pull down the mask and they rip it off. You're like, welcome. you see this? <laughs> Not welcome. <laughs> oh, the the vax slurs that would be thrown about the uh, needle needle lover. I like to see the story of the coming <laughs> of the pandemic. I'm not gonna do a goddamn thing and fuck everybody else too. Uh, Seems about right. <laughs> my freedom will keep me healthy. That that is their anthem. That's glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. <laughs> yeah. uh, well. What would you guys rate this film? Actually, you know what? You know what? Hold on. Hold on to that because, uh, Drew, I want to know how they can get a hold of us if they want to, you know, shit. Talk some shit. Tooch me, tooch me. Say that you tooch me. Well, guys, you can always get a hold of us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for The Real Feels Podcast. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We are at real feels pod you can also send us an email at real podcast at gmail.com or if you guys want to call the tooch line leave a nice little voicemail spew some hate tell some jokes or just say hi you can call 661-376-0030 and of course if none of those are going to fit your fancy hey you can always head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice five-star review. And, you know, honestly, guys, I love a nice five-star review. We haven't had one in over a year. Has it really been over a year? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, just a little over a year Ew, since our last review. Okay. Ew. So, yeah, people change that. Get up on it. <sighs> so, okay, on it. Um, before we jump into how we thought this movie rated, I looked up something that weirdly hit a memory bank that I may have suppressed for a long time. So Fruzy Balk plays Dorothy in the movie Return to Oz. Oh, the Wheelers. So this kind of is tripping me out because I remember <laughs> this Tin Man and semi like nightmares return to oz and she was also in the craft yeah well, she mm, played a the witch craft. 
Which is with full, circle. Campbell. full yeah. circle. Full circle. <laughs> Return to Oz is nightmare fuel. I mean, it just is. This is this is insane. I'm I'm seeing some of these images oh. and I'm I'm remembering that I've watched it, <laughs> but not like vivid. Like it's it's been repressed. Oh, yeah. This is definitely be. deep down in me. It's it's a crazy Whoa. movie. Sophia Ward's in it though, and I'm I, I love me some Sophia Ward from uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, but but whoa, oh ooh. okay, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it and see if it uh, conquer my demons. Um, but anyways, American History X, what did you guys rate this film? I can't give it like an honest rating because I can't be like this is the best movie on racism I've ever seen. Uh, so I'm just going to uh, to give it a pass fail. Uh, this movie passes. It I think it it meets its obligation. It's crafted well, at least in my opinion. The acting is is phenomenal. But it's you know it's not like you know like oh yeah man like come over let's have some drinks and <laughs> we're gonna put on American History X. Uh, so it passes. It it's a movie worth at least watching once. And, you know, this movie is, you know, over 20 years, 20 years old at this point, and it is even more relevant today mm-hmm. than I think when it came out in 1998. So uh, it's worth your time. So pass. I would agree with Jack. Um, I would also give it a pass. If I were to give it a uh, a score out of five, I'd give it I'd give it a four and a half. No, I'd give it a four out of five. I think I think there might be some better films that can obviously depict the idea of let's not be an asshole and let's not be racist. But again, it's a beautifully shot film. I think it's done really well. I think the acting is on point. Yeah, four out of five. So this movie, to reference the film, I would give this movie eight points to six. I would come in, watch this movie, and if this movie ever has a sequel, there'll be no bitching, no crying. I will watch it. One time, and then I walk the F off the court. That's it. It's a good movie, but I come in right now, eight points to six. There's, it, it's just that. It's not, it's not a, we're not done. We're not, we didn't win, but it's good enough. And I think the pass fail is a perfect example. It's a pass, but this movie's a hard second watch. It really is. Especially knowing that it just doesn't get any better mm. you know there's it's there's not a whole lot that you're like oh i missed that oh like i missed the teeth grinding against the concrete like yeah no it, none of that you don't miss any of it shut up Feruza. his dick ain't that great oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well uh i believe that about does it for this episode but we're gonna be coming at you guys next week with a little bit of what are you watching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you watching? Where we'll talk about all the cool crap we're watching, playing, and some of us reading. <laughs> some of us. Not me. And well, hey, you, you, always, you always got your shampoo bottles yeah, to fold back on. Get your I do. <laughs> and uh, after that, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna finish up as Jack calls it this shit shan- shit sandwich. Cause we, we had our top secret. We've now had American History X, which is just it's a heavy filling. It's a heavy sandwich. And uh, we're gonna come right back around with that other piece of bread. And I'm gonna bring you guys a screwball comedy. I think that's a good mix though. You know, we we got some real good laughs and a very fun 
top secret. Nathan brought down the house literally <laughs> with. Uh, yeah, and with then this. Uh, after that, I'm going to give you guys a uh, a wild card mm. uh, for serial killer genre. Mm. And then I think, do we have any more Patreon picks? I believe. Well, we, we did Patreon. get a new like upgrade for Patreon. Nerd Revert over on Twitter uh, upgraded his tier to uh, the ten dollar tier. So now uh, they'll be able to pick a movie, which they have. I was just trying to figure out if we were going to be able to uh, space it into this season or maybe towards the intro of next season. So we'll have to we'll have to look at the calendar. There we have it. I like it. No. I like Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, until the next time, you're the realist. And the feelist. Derek, I'm so hungry, man. I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's always been an idiot. <laughs>